0: Log
1: Talk
0: Radio. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: congratulations! You're about to
0: arrive to the right place. 5, 4,
1: 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Alan and Erin Sportsport Yes.
0: Are you ready for it? Now, here is Alan and Aaron.
1: All right. Good evening. It is June 18th, 2021. Welcome to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Podcast. We are live here tonight. It is 930, and where in the world is Alan? He was in New York a couple weeks back, and he has continued his summer travels. Apparently, he has gone down to South Florida, to Miami, to try and locate LeBron James, who is now, of course, relocated out to L.A. So, Alan, you're just a few years too late there. Good evening, buddy. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you
2: for asking. Yes, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. It's, it's nice to be back online with you guys. In fact, we have a call on the line already. Let me get him on. Are you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here. All right, Lou. How you been? Lou in the house. Oh, hey, Aaron. Hey, fellas. Yeah, I got I, some extra time tonight, so I came in now.
1: <laughs> nice, okay, right at the top of the show, so perfect. So, yes. um, yeah, Luke, tonight we've got a, a lot of stuff going on with uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. We can talk a little bit about LeBron James uh, if, complaining if, about if, injuries. Is
0: there any indication of what, of what happened with the last two games prior, um, you know, Tuesday <laughs> and Wednesday? I mean, there has been something. There's something wrong because how do you blow, you know, like you know, major big leads and have your opponents catch up? You know, Wednesday's game, you know, Philly against Atlanta, the monumental choke, and the Nets able to come back on Tuesday when they were down by 12 points going into the uh, fourth quarter. I mean, really, that was just a bizarre turn of events.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. That's playoff basketball for you right there, though. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it is. It is. And then uh, what do you think about LeBron James doing the complaining about players getting injured and he's now out of the playoffs?
0: LeBron complaining. What a surprise. <laughs> 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 Big shot. He thinks he is the NBA, when he's not. I mean, he's just yeah, I'd have to agree with you. But, of course, he has, the, he has the biggest ego in all the NBA, probably in all sports. What a jerk. Yeah, yeah he is a great player.
1: That. Go ahead. I'm gonna Go ahead. Chime, yeah, I'm going to chime in on that. I, I, I agree with, uh, with Lou there. I, I think this is a little bit of the – you know i'm not in the playoffs anymore but i'm going to make a lot of noise cuz people pay attention to me cuz i'm lebron james and he's perfectly well within his right to to you know have his opinions but i think from a from a perspective of you know look i mean again the 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 ever long comparison is always going to be lebron to jordan it'll never go away 23 23 you know obviously all these comparisons come in yeah And Michael Jordan, again, different era, different age, all these different things. But the thing about Jordan, if you're going to be like Jordan, just shut up. Your your season's over. Never. You know, fade fade, fade into the background. Fade into the background, come back next year and play harder and put together a better team and win next year. Let your playing do your talking for you. That would be my advice, Not, not just to LeBron, but to anybody who doesn't make it past the first round of the playoffs. Let's be, let's be real here. So I, I really think that this is more or less his, like you said, his ego. Um, he's, you know, butthurt that he didn't win in the first round, and he wants to, you know, keep his name out there in the forefront. And at this point, unless you're a fan of the Lakers or you're just a diehard LeBron fan, he's a crap. So, <laughs>
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. No, let me chime in on that, too. I, I I agree with both Lou and as well as you, Aaron. Listen, I get it. You, LeBron has been in the league a long time. This is the first time ever he got bounced in the first round, which is astonishing. That's, that's a, remarkable. However, you did get bounced in the first round. Now is the time to piggyback what you're saying, Aaron, for you to kind of just shut it down, you know, go ahead and work harder, build your team up, so you could come back strong next year. Because it's not a good look that you won in a shortened season in the bubble, and then the next year you get bounced in the first round. And you got beat badly in the first round, too. It wasn't yeah. even close. So yeah. if you want to talk about social justice issues during the, the playoffs and that comes up, sure, fine. But don't comment about NBA stuff to make it about you. I agree with Lou, and I agree with you, Aaron. Him making those comments are really about you getting attention while the playoffs are going at the detriment of other guys still in the playoffs
1: let me give you an example on that, too. Uh, there's there's two really good ones I think I could play into this here in recent sports history. Obviously, Alan, you're a diehard Yankees fan, and I have a lot of respect for Derek Jeter, one of the great players, you know, in the history of our sport. And it would be almost like him after the Yankees got beat in, like, 05 or 06 in the early rounds of the playoffs. It'd be like Derek yeah. Jeter holding a press conference saying, well, you know, we're the Yankees, and I'm Derek Jeter, and... Were the Yankees and I'm Derek Jeter. No, you 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 quietly fade off into the background, and then more recently, yeah, you, you look at Bill Belichick uh, with with the, with the Patriots. They didn't go to the playoffs this past year. They had a really bad season, and did Bill Belichick hold a press conference and say, "Ah, boohoo, me, I lost my quarterback, and I don't have a quarterback in my on my roster now." He, he didn't do that. So I think I think this is a a yeah. learning experience for. LeBron James, now, if, if if history tells me anything about him, his ego has gotten bigger as he's gotten older. So do I think he's going to necessarily learn from this? Probably not. That seems to be his his way of yeah. handling things here lately. Um, maybe I'll be proven wrong. Who knows? But it, it it's one of those things where, man, just, just you know, put that stuff on the back burner for right now. You know, after the playoffs, forever, yeah. it's fine to talk about it. And you know what? Here's the reality. You play for the Los Angeles Lakers, the most popular team in the NBA. Whether you were there already or not, they are one of the most popular teams in the sport. So you're going to have the opportunity to draw more talent, regroup and rebuild for the next year or two or however long it's going to be. You're going to be right back in a position to win again next year. Cut the crap and just go play. You know, let let the offseason take care of itself. You have a full offseason to – you know, Alan kind of pointed this out here. You played in the bubble last year. Now you have a full off season to to catch your breath. You're older, so you need to. what is he thirty six or thirty seven now, or thirty? Yeah, thirty eight. Thirty six. I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he, let, let's also face it too. LeBron's career isn't getting any longer. He's closer to the end than he is the beginning. So, so he needs yeah. that time off to be able to let his body rest and. You know, to me, it just seems like, man. You know what? You're not the big story in the NBA anymore. If you win no. the NBA title, you win the MVP award. By all means, you're the story, but your team is out. You're out as a, as a player right now. Let things go on, and then make your comments after the postseason is over. Uh, just it seems a li- it almost seems a little unfair to the teams that are left in the in the in the hunt here.
2: Yeah, Lou, what do you think, what do you thought about that? Do you think he's taken away from the other players, the other players that are in the playoffs now? Oh, I agree. Yeah.
0: That's taken away from it. His time is over, and, you know, he has a hard time dealing with it.
2: I agree. I agree. I mean, I I think if he can play next year and be competitive and and make a deep run in the playoffs, consider that a, a, a blessing, because. He's not getting any younger, and guys, when they get a ring, they kind of yeah. get lax. So guys who got a ring, don't expect them to be as hard, like up to get a second one like, like LeBron would be. Unfortunately, right. that's just the nature of the beast.
0: Yeah. Is a beast, mean...
2: all right. And <laughs> hey, what are you guys thinking about that, that? You know who's a new celebrity who's bigger than LeBron James right now? I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. The Suns in four guy. Did you guys see that? yeah, I did not, basically, the sons in four guy got into an altercation, a fight over the fact that he thought his sons were going to win in four games, and he he fought two guys against one he he put a beating on those two dudes, not for <laughs> nothing. He did. I don't condone violence, but it was self defense He put a good beating on those guys. It's all on yeah. on camera on social media. Now they have a figure for the guy. They have a Suns Four figure I checked on eBay right before the show. It was on bid for $655. Wow. Wow! I couldn't believe it. I was like, I wonder how much this figure costs. I checked on eBay, $655, yeah. and the bid was still going on.
1: So basically what you're saying is there's a guy out there who's a moron, and there's people out there who are going to be even dumber and spend money on an action figure. <laughs>
2: Actually, figuring wow. t-shirts. People, are, that's wow. how our society oh. is.
1: Yeah, they're, he's,
2: they're making a killer t-shirts too. T-shirts too. You saw it, who Lou. Knows, what did you?
1: Who, what do you think about this?
2: What do you think
0: about this, Lou?
1: Of
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making big money. Not even like chump change. T-shirts. I mean, the guys doing interviews now. Sons in
0: four guy.
2: What are your thoughts about the four. Suns in
0: four guy, Lou? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think it was gonna happen. You know, Suns and four. But, uh, they, they fooled, they fooled what about the guy who uh, tackled a uh, fan for the opposing team? And you know, he um, <laughs> he was because uh, he was doing something, and and uh, Chris Paul, I believe, I uh, thank him. Yeah, it's, it it's, it
2: was, yeah. I, I don't condone that type of stuff where a guy gets. No. His fifteen minutes of fame plus money for yeah for getting into an altercation and and, and maybe doing something you shouldn't have been doing like okay guys are going to disagree with you at a sports event and yes he was defending himself but the in- incident should yeah. never escalated to that far. I no, will put him. No, that. you're right. It should have never escalated to that point of throwing bo- blows. Yes, you're allowed no. to defend yourself. Come on, man, you're going at a sporting event. You could be passionate and cut it to the point where you feel as if it's well, gonna if get. The got you know, to issue. Him, what do
0: you expect him to do? Come on.
2: Yeah, I mean I see yes, I see faults on both sides. I I I could see the guy join back at him. Yeah, I do too. And and you let it get to the point of somebody getting upset and that's what happened. But Yeah. Do you think uh <laughs> You think the Nets going
0: to win? I do. I do. This is going to be a tough game, but I think the Nets are going to be in the end.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I do think uh, the Nets, they do have Kevin Durant. I think in game seven, when you have a guy like that on your team, it's just hard for you to control him for two games. They kind of kept him in check the game before. I don't see him doing it in game seven. I see Kevin Durant having a very good game and closing the show.
0: I would think so. Yeah. How's this show been? Hoping, well, it's been it's been holding its own. You know, we we had thousand callers, so uh, we are we are still we're still going. Hard to believe it's been over three years now. Wow, that's amazing. That's just for hosting this show, but I've been involved in this a lot longer.
2: Yeah, but that's still that's still an accomplishment, man. Yeah. I mean it's been over a year Yeah. yeah. It's been over a year and change for us, so time is flying.
0: I've had as long as my, my first girlfriend. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's bad.
1: So I gotta ask you this, Lou, given the again you're uh in the New York market and I know Alan you were uh-huh. up in New York here a week ago back. Uh, There's been a lot of talk. I mean, funny this year that the Mets are in a better position right now than the Yankees are. Uh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing hot seat rumors about Aaron Boone. What, what is the the word on the street up there in New York right now?
0: Yeah, they're not too happy with him. I don't think if the Yankees don't go to the postseason this year, I think he's going to be gone, but I'm still thinking that they are going to make it. But, uh, you know, in this World Series robust mentality, I mean, I don't know how much longer, the, uh, you know, Steinbrenner Jr. is going to be patient with him. I mean, he's been the, you know, he's been the manager for quite a while now. He hasn't, you know, given him a championship. So, uh, how much more is uh, Hank Steinbrenner going to put up with this? Because, you know, he's he's just like his father.
1: Patience wears very thin in the Steinbrenner family. That's uh. Certainly oh, an understatement absolutely. right there. Um, just out of curiosity, I mean, we haven't seen the Yankees make an in-season change in manager in quite a long time. I can't think of the last time it happened. I would say it was probably, you know, back in the 80s with uh, uh, one of the many times that they hired and fired uh, the late um,
0: – Bill. Billy Martin.
1: Yeah, Billy Martin. Billy Martin, um, yeah, right. Um, yeah, you know, the four or five times he was the manager there in New York. Six – six times, whatever it was, um, hard to keep count after a while. Is something that could happen? I know, you know I know.
0: Do we, do we do we
1: see an Aaron Boone uh, dismissal during the season, or is it not gotten to that point yet?
0: No, it hasn't gotten to that point yet.
1: I agree with I mean, Lou. I don't think it's – I was going to say, what's wrong with the Yankees right now? I mean, what, what, what do we see that needs to, to happen to fix them, to get them – because, I mean, I, I picked them to go to the World Series in the American League and, and represent the American uh, League. I mean, what, what's going on that has them such a, so a bad we, spot right now?
0: Well, injury, you. injuries, you know, are piling up, and we don't have the we don't seem to have the same the system we did back in 2019 because that's what saved us before. Mm-hmm. You know, when all our players are getting hurt in 2019, one after the other, but we got good players from the minor to replace them. This year, we haven't been that lucky. If you produce crap, that's what you're going to get breath
2: no I agree no. I fully totally agree with Lou I agree with Lou like the Yankees to me are a mess right now and on top of the, uh, on top of that right now they don't have the best team in the AL East so they don't deserve no. to be at the top of the list they simply don't yes you got a couple of guys that can hit the ball far but you don't have a, a middle of the lineup team that can manufacture runs you can't be just top-heavy in, the, in the Major League Baseball and you hit the ball far because as soon as you start striking out a lot, you're going to lose games. You need to manufacture runs, and they're not one of those type of teams that can really manufacture runs. If they do get guys on base, those big hitters will strike out, to strike out or home run, and now it's been a lot of strikeouts. So they do not have – I'm saying it right now, and I'm a Yankee fan. They do not have the best team in the AL East. I hope they don't fire Aaron Boone because I don't think it's all his fault. I think the team makeup is not the best in the A.L.E.S. That's that's my my yeah. assessment on the Yankees.
1: I'm not sure they're the I'm not even sure they're the second best team in the American League history now because you look at Tampa. Clearly, they have a great team from top to bottom, bench, bullpen, lineup, rotation. Uh, Boston uh, certainly has looked uh, tremendous. And uh, by the way, guys, I'll be in Boston next week to see the Red Sox and Yankees play next Friday. So I won't be on uh, next Friday night. Oh, wow. I'll oh, be enjoying going that. There. But, um, but uh, I, my thought is this. I think one of the biggest things that the Yankees are missing this year is a big guy they lost over the offseason, that's Tanaka. I think they miss him dearly because even though he wasn't considered the ace of the staff any longer... That's a big piece to lose, and you you mentioned a good point there, Alan. This is a team that right now the construction of this team in the lineup is let's just hit a bunch of home runs and hopefully our pitching holds up, and you got to play ABC baseball. you got to put runners on base. you got to get guys over, drive them in. You can't just rely on the long ball every time because you know what? If you only have two or three big boppers in your lineup, well – the strategy on the other side is going to be to walk up, you know, walk those guys or pitch around them or, you know, not, not pitch to them, you know, directly. So I think that that's really been the the hurt. And some guys haven't had a very good season either. I mean, this is a point in the season where, you know, we're a little over a third, almost, almost halfway point of the year. You can make a pretty strong evaluation right now of where every team is at, what every team needs. Now the Yankees have the luxury of a pretty deep pocketbook, if they need to go out and get some pieces, they have the money to do it, but not necessarily the prospects. That's going to be the concern I would say there is uh, kind of like you said before, uh, Lou, they don't have the deep farm system like they have had in the past. Right.
2: No, they don't. They don't
1: have the deep farm, and,
2: and when you don't have that, you can't just buy teams. And that's what the Yankees have been doing for years you just can't buy teams. you got to manufacture
0: runs. No, that's what I said, too. You can't buy a championship. You know, that's what I've been saying for a long time, but nobody seems to believe that.
2: You can't. You know, there's things called chemistry. There's things called, you know, guys. Not everybody can go up there and swing for home runs. you got to have guys who can hit, get on base, walks. Walks are big. You have guys. You have to have guys. The reason why the Boston beat the Yankees, was because those guys never swung at balls that were not over the plate. They were not strikes. They they were the best team at w- looking at a pitch and determining if it's strike or not and then swinging at it. They did not help any pitcher out. If you watch that championship team that came back, they did not swing yeah. at any pitch that was out of the strike zone. None. Well,
1: when you go back and look at the Yankees from 96 uh, probably through 2003, maybe even 2004 – um, they won four World Series during that time. Out of six trips to the to the Fall Classic, yeah. And it, the later they got into their run, unfortunately, they were putting a lot more money on the field and a lot more ego on the field. I mean, you're talking about Giambi, at a Rod in there, Gary Sheffield. Um, the list goes on and on. And they had the resources, obviously financially, to be able to do those things but some of those big names the chemistry just wasn't there i mean you know we've talked about this in the past arod has kind of been one of those you know he he's kind of a probably the biggest ego of anybody and he's he's the he's the lebron james of of baseball let's put it in, in that term here so i think if you got yeah if you, if you got to the to the later stages of that yankees run uh towards the end of the joe Torre era The chemistry was certainly not there in the clubhouse. And I look back at the 96 team. That was probably the the 96 or 98 team, one of those two. I mean, you didn't have guys that were hitting a ton of home runs. I mean, you had uh, Brocious playing third. Uh, You had Ricky Leday playing left field. Bernie Williams, who was a great character uh, for the team, both on and off the field and in the clubhouse especially. I mean, you're not talking about a guy who's going out there hitting 40 bombs a year. And you had Paul O'Neill playing in right field. I mean, so and, – and, you know, Tino Martinez. And then, of course, you get to the later years of that run, and you have Giambi, and you have A-Rod, and you have – I mean, the constant guys were Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada and Andy Pettit. Um, I think what really hurt them is the fact that they spent so much money in – kind of pigeonholing themselves into an area where they, you know, even the Yankees, it was kind of hard to get away from those things. And, again, sometimes when you bring in guys, again, they have that bigger ego, it's going to be hard to to, uh, to get around it. But the difference back then, too, um, was they had a deeper farm system. They were able to go out and bring in, you know, players they needed to get. They, they were able to go out and bring in, you know, at the deadline, a David Justice or, um, you know, you know back in the late 90s it was Cecil fielder they brought in Daryl Strawberry they brought in guys that were not yeah. necessarily you know the sexy you know big name of the deadline kind of thing but they they were able to bring in those key pieces that helped them win and i don't know if i can see them doing that right now because the problem in today's game prospects are at an all-time high i mean we talk about how everything is inflated in cost right now prospects are worth a lot more today than they were 20, 25 years ago because yeah. now if you're 32, 33, you're old. In baseball terms, that's an old you're, – you're walking around with a cane in baseball terms, so you want guys that are young. And if yeah, well, you sacrifice – yeah, if you sacrifice those younger players, even if you're getting a guy that you're pretty sure is going to help you win a World Series, you know, potentially, you might be gambling in the future mortgage mortgaging in the future to potentially get a, a short-term payoff that may not pay off. So um, – but I, I, I just I I don't think that the Yankees are going to be in this position all year long. I think they're they make the right moves. I I see them being right back in it. But again, with the exception of Baltimore, this is a tough division. I mean, look, Toronto's got a ton of talent. I know we're going to talk a little bit about their roster here in a little bit. Tampa Bay, obviously, we know what they've done the last few years. Boston has really surprised people this year, so. This may not be the year, and who knows? We could see Aaron Boone back in the broadcast booth before too long, and they may move on to somebody else. Yeah, that's yeah, possible.
2: I'm glad you're on the on line, Lou. We were going to talk about this a little bit later in the segment, but since we're talking about baseball, what are your thoughts, and I want to get Aaron's thoughts too, on the baseball substance, about Major League Baseball pitchers not being able to use sticky substances my question to you, Lou, is, what are your thoughts of, about it?
0: Here we go again. Another mess in baseball. First it was, first it <laughs> was with the cork bats. Then, you know, the uh, balls were getting juiced up to him out of the park faster. Then the steroid right era, part one. Now this. It just never ends. You know, <laughs> all these times they're using, they're using a different kind of substance, which, you know, still doesn't make it right. And, you know, uh, they said to help grip uh, the the pitcher's um, – control factor, so maybe that's why we're getting uh more of these uh low scoring and no hitting games this year so a little bit of change of the uh change of the way the ball is how they're gripping the ball this year i know i smell rat
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh what aaron i really want to hear your thoughts too because you're the baseball historian well, what are your thoughts on the next, on this
1: the next- the next five minutes, Alan, are dedicated to me, so everybody be prepared for just hearing my voice for the next five minutes or so. I all have right. so much to say on this topic. Um, first and foremost, just from a, you know, the the particulars coming out here, and I, I'm not really sure. I, I haven't read all the specifics on how they're going to figure out whether a guy is using a substance or not, but to make a rule like that right in the middle of the season – Mm. Just does not make any sense. They didn't do this with steroids back in the 05, 06 year. They didn't say that yeah. at the at the you know midpoint of the season. Oh, by the way, if we catch you using steroids, we're going to suspend you for 10 games the first time, and the second time, 20 games. So in this case, this seems to be a rush to fix a problem that honestly, I'm not saying isn't there, but a problem that they need to know a little bit more about before they go to quote unquote fix it. Yeah, And if baseball is in any situation, Rob Manford has no credibility left if he had any in the first place when, when he made this announcement, because, you know, and I agree with any person, whether they're a fan, a player, executive or whoever from another team, if you're going to start enforcing this rule, which again, I don't know exactly how they're going to enforce it. I haven't read that far into the details yet, but yet, The Houston Astros cheated. They stole signs. They won a World Series because of that in, what was it, 2017 or 18? uh, Or it was 17. 19. 19. Uh, 19, whatever year it was. No, 19 was the Nationals. So it was – Oh, that's right it was. Yeah. They still cheated. Yeah, so 17 was the Astros.
0: Regardless of what year it
1: was, they they cheated. They stole signs. They won a World Series. That's all that matters at this point, no matter what year it was. yeah. If you're going to punish that team, you're gonna take away draft picks, you're gonna fire the man or suspend the manager, suspend the GM, they end up getting fired and losing their jobs rightfully so. The players get no repercussions from that at all other than the booing, which I'm sorry, Dusty Baker, they deserve every single bit of that. Dusty Baker yes doesn't have a clue of what he's talking about when it comes to that kind of stuff. And yet with Substances that guys use to get a better grip, so they're not hitting guys with the baseball. You're going to start suspending guys now. That it's it's backwards, and we're living in an upside down world. And this is Rob Manfred, in my opinion, overstepping his authority as the commissioner of baseball. Who's and I really wish that I really wish that the uh, the players' union had put a pause on this because they obviously had to agree to it to allow. Any sort of you know punishment or any sort of uh repercussions to even be in there in the first place, I really wish they had said you know what let's just wait There's a collective bargaining agreement at the end of the year they have to go through anyways. Why not just incorporate it into that and go from there? but no they wanted to they wanted to rush this, and I just think that we're seeing from the top down whether it's Rob Manfred or whether it's the union, we're just seeing really crossed up things that are happening. This is the biggest of them all for sure. But again, I'm still upset from the Astros scandal from a few years ago. I just don't think that to me, every single one of those guys that that was implicated in that should have been suspended for half a season. And if that means the Astros can't have a team for half a season, that's what you get for cheating. You go back to the, to the 1919 Black Sox scandal. And you look at guys like uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, who, you know, was banned from baseball for life after that. For, right. for something far less than, than stealing signs, it just doesn't add up. Just does not make sense. And to me, you have to have the punishment fit the crime. And in this in this situation, hitters, hitters, Bryce Harper is one of them. One of the biggest advocates who has said, "Look, I'd rather a guy have a little extra substance on his hand." On you know when he's feeling, on his fingers when he's throwing the ball because, God, I don't want him to hit me in the in the head. I don't want I don't want to get nailed in the in the neck. You know I don't want to get hit in the face uh, because he no. doesn't have control. And so this helps them control the ball. So I get you can't have a, you know you can't have a tub of, Vaseline out there. You can't have a a nail file in your pocket. You you can't pull a, a Joe Necro out there, you know, I mean <laughs> you can't those those things you can't do. That's that's clearly crossing the line. You're not gonna have a belt sander in your pocket and no. you know shave the ball down. But to have a substance on your hand, whether it's you know, extra rosin or you know something that's not illegal overall, not something that's obviously putting you over the top, I have no problem with that. It really okay. to me doesn't Yeah. So my question to you is this, is spider tech
2: and sunscreen in your my eyes cheating?
1: I think if you're mixing them together, because I know what a lot of guys have done with the sunscreen stuff over the years is they've taken that and mixed it with either rosin or with clay or a combination of the two. And it almost creates, for lack of a better way to describe it, it almost creates like a like a like a foundation, like you'd have in, like, a a cosmetic product. Um, Yeah. When it's overly obvious like that, that's where I would say, yes, you need to say, okay, this guy, you eject him from the game. And we've seen this before. You can go back and watch videos on YouTube of pitchers who had, you know, uh, uh, like a sewing needle type of thing in their glove, where they could raise the seams. You go back into the '90s. Dennis Cook was a relief pitcher with the Mets and the Marlins and a few other teams. He was famous that, yeah. for yeah. He was famous for raising the seams on the ball. It gave him a better grip. It was more like a college baseball, which has a higher a higher seam. Um, yeah. It'd be similar to that situation, but to, to to say that, and I don't know enough about that specific um, item or product that you're referring to, Alan, but. To me, here, here's what Major League Baseball needs to do better, in my opinion. On this, make a list of what they can and can't have. Give them the access to the things they can have right there on the field. You know, if you have a rosin bag out there, why can't you have um, something that gives better grip? I mean, good grief! You know, you look at uh, yeah. football as an example, or bat- let's lose-, lose a brawn for a moment. What does LeBron James do at the beginning of every single basketball game? He yeah. The his hands and he throws it up in the air. And he and blows it. <laughs> part, and, 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 and part of that is his, you know, that's just part of his, like, getting everything kicked off and, you know, getting the fans into the game and everything. But part of that, too, and he doesn't right. just do it the one time. Part of that is to get a better grip on the ball. You're out there sweating, and baseball's played in the middle of the summer, crying out loud. You need to have a better grip. So I think that they need to have a better – a better ruling on this, more more of a black and white versus a gray, because I think right now where a lot of the fans, including myself, feel this is at is guys are now going to be afraid to do anything. They're going to be afraid to you know, yeah. wipe their hand off on their back pocket because they're afraid that they're going to be accused of cheating. And, of course, all it takes is an accusation now, and suddenly you've got all the investigations that's going on. I just think it opened a big can of worms that didn't need to be opened.
2: Yeah, my thoughts on that's this is rant. this. I agree. <laughs> my 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 thoughts on this is that yes, I do think and I checked into the those those substances. I do think Garrett Cole and and Glass Now all of the guys have been using spider tack and sunscreen. Yes, you're cheating. Like I heard the interviews, I checked into this. Okay. If you got that's the reason why you should teach your kids not to cheat. Because when you, get, when you cheat, right, you get right. used to cheating. You get used to that perk of cheating. So then when someone enforces it and says you cannot cheat anymore, basically, it's weird to you because you were so used to doing it for so long. So for you, it's hard to change. Somebody who hasn't been cheating, it's okay. It's no problem. I haven't been doing that anyway. And you go about your business.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: to say that it causes you to get an injury because you don't have a grip on a ball and basically these guys both garrett cole and glass now were basically almost crying because they couldn't use those substances anymore you should have been pitching without using those substances well, give you a rosin bag okay you got away with it fine do i think it increases your spin rate yes i do like i've been checking into this and i think it does give you grip but it also does give you more bite on your curveballs and sliders and all of the rest of the stuff you're throwing There's a reason why it benefits a guy like Garrett Cole so much. So do I think they're cheating by doing those substances? Yes, I do. Do I think they're being a baby about it? I also think they're being a baby about it too. You're getting paid over $300 million. Okay, fine. You can't use it anymore. Make the adjustment. Be a big boy about it and move on. That's my thoughts on it.
1: To to, to piggyback off that point too, you know, the question would be then – How far back for Garrett Cole? I guess this is kind of the other other side of the coin on that. How far back was Garrett Cole doing this? Because you look at his last couple years in Pittsburgh. He was a good pitcher. He had good stuff. He was on a bad team. Didn't really have all the great big numbers as a pitcher. He had the peripheral stuff there. He goes to Houston, and suddenly it takes off. And there's a YouTube video I watched about this probably a month or six weeks ago that talked about, him and there was a few other players and I believe there was a guy with the Angels, one of these like a clubhouse manager that was making and again this is allegedly was making some substance that pitchers would call him literally call him and, and buy from him that was whatever the stuff is you're referring to, Alan. And I mean <laughs> there was a the long cream. list nah. there was a long list of pitchers in the big leagues we're doing this. Yeah, very long. And ironically, and not, actually not ironically, the Houston Astros had a few of those guys. Um, it was, of course, mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, uh, you know, Charlie Morton, who's now with the Braves. Um, they were all on the list, and there was a handful of other guys, too. So my, my, my point on what I was saying there is, would Garrett Cole have gotten that $300 million had he – not use that stuff. I don't know. I can't say for sure, but you know, you make a good point. You're making three hundred million dollars. Shut the hell up. You know, I mean, <laughs> at the end of yeah, the day, yeah, exactly. You know, just all right, fine. You got caught
2: yeah. cheating. You You admit you. You basically admitted you were cheating. I mean, by you making those press conferences, you basically said you were cheating. You didn't say those exact words, but your actions. People are not dumb. You understand? Yeah, no. You could read between the lines of what you're saying, and you were basically saying. I've been using these substances. Now I can't use them anymore. And it's it's weird for me. He pitched his game yeah. and he was he was crying like he wasn't crying, but he was basically crying like, oh man, this kinda sucks. I, I can't grip the ball. Yeah. It's so hard for me. All right, guy. You you gotta you got paid three hundred twenty four million dollars. Most people yeah. do jobs in our society they don't like they get paid a whole
1: lot less than you do. <laughs> yeah. Good point. I just think that Major League Baseball's timing on this is peculiar. Again, I, I I've never seen yes. a rule be implemented like this mid season and especially a year plus away from again what's still fresh on everybody's mind. The Astros won a World Series and they cheated their way to it. Now would they have won that World Series without the cheating, who knows? That's the part right there that always no. upset me the most is whether it was a guy using steroids back in the late nineties or early two thousands, or them banging on trash cans with the Astros a few years ago, did they win because of doing those things? Did they win because they were a good team? They certainly were a good team. They didn't get there. They weren't, they weren't the, the bottom feeder. Well, I they agree. They were a good team. Top. Very good. Very so they good. They used team. those little things to get across to the end. So, so what always has frustrated me the most when it comes to this cheating stuff is we don't really know a fair a fair uh, playing field or, or, or you know a, a fair and balanced situation. If they hadn't done that, would they still have won, or would the other team? Ha- you know, I think that was the year they played uh, the Dodgers in the World Series, and you know, I'm not a Dodger fan by any stretch of the imagination, but they certainly right. the Dodgers certainly deserved a, a better outcome than they got, and Look, I'm one of the biggest, you know, opponents of the Yankees. I have a lot of respect for their organization because of what they've done in their history, but I really felt like the, the Yankees should have should have had a chance to win in in twenty was it 2019, um, and the yeah. Astros ended up winning that series as well. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they were probably still cheating then too. So, um, you know, here here's the thing. I, I can promise you this, guys. No matter what the outcome is over the next couple of years of the the sticky stuff that these guys are using on their hands, there's already some other cheating going on. You know, it's not stealing signs. It's not necessarily putting stuff on your fingers to, to have a better grip on your pitch. But you, you believe, you got to believe this. If guys were cheating back in the 90s and, you know, even before that, it's still going to go on in some form or fashion. So um, I'm just yeah, interested to so see what the next cheating scandal guy. is going to be. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and that's that's the problem with cheating. You don't know where it starts and where it stops. So there'll always be that question: Was the Atros good enough to actually win a World Series? I think yes, they were a very, very good team, one of the best teams in the league by far. Would they have still won without cheating? That is to be determined. We'll never know. Same thing with Garrett Cole. Would he have gotten this big contract had he not been cheating? We will never know. You understand? That's the problem with cheating is that all the hard work you put into something gets kind of thrown out the window with an asterisk when you get caught. So the bottom line is just don't do it.
1: Just go through the process and see how good you are. Very, very good point there uh, on that. And um, kind of moving on to some other stuff here tonight. I know we talked a lot about uh, baseball and and just kind of where things are. We're getting closer to the all-star break. Uh, I am really excited and and I mentioned this to you earlier in the year, probably back in February, might have even have been January. Um, starting next Friday, uh, Major League Baseball is kind of doing something kind of like the NFL does. We have the, the Combine, so you have the, the, uh, the uh, Amateur Player Combine starting next Friday, uh, which is going to be such a neat thing to see a lot of these potential draft picks showing off their skill sets You know where you can actually watch it on TV. I believe it starts at 1 o'clock on MLB Network. Unfortunately, I'll be on a plane then, so I won't be able to watch any of it, but I just think it's going to be a really neat thing to really expose some of these young players, which, if you know me, um, probably my favorite thing in the game of baseball is seeing a player uh, go from being scouted to being drafted and signed to playing their first games in the minor leagues and developing all the way up to becoming – you know, potentially a superstar. So there's going to be a lot of neat stuff happening next week. And then I know you wanted to get into a little bit more of the NBA playoffs. Uh, Alan, where where are your thoughts on where we are right now uh, with the, um, the NBA finals coming up?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's different now that uh, LeBron is out, but, and lost in the first round, but I do think the nets are going to advance in the East. And I, I do think, I know Charles Barkley doesn't like super teams where great players join the team all all at once, but I do think the Nets, if they get past the series, which I do think they will, are gonna to be tough to beat in the East. So I, I definitely do think I have I have the Nets representing the East and I have the Suns representing in the West. What are your thoughts, Lou? Well,
0: I, mean, I was still thinking of the Jazz are going to do, but I think we have to go with the Suns. And uh, depending on how it was with the Sixers here tonight, well, I was going to take the Sixers. Well, it looks like now it might be uh, the Nets and the Suns.
2: Yeah, I think those are the two two best teams, and uh, it's unfortunate with Chris Paul. But um, I, I think I think it's hard to beat KD, a team that. KD is one of is right now is the best player in the NBA and it's just hard to beat him because he's got a chip on his shoulder, and that chip is that he feels as if people don't give him the respect he deserves because of him being on joining joining Golden State. But he's actually a very outstanding player. What are your thoughts on on KD? And he is a
0: phenomenal player. I mean, I, I don't think if it wasn't for the big three coming this year, I don't think the Nets would be you know as good as they are. I mean, it took them to get, you know, this part because I don't think anyone was really expecting them to do this well uh, this year. So we got to give credit on them.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. We got to give them a lot of credit. They're doing well, and they're doing fantastic. So definitely the Nets, got to give them credit (laughs) for everything they're doing. But, Yeah. But, Lou, I also wanted to make sure that the fans got a chance to talk to you on your show, too. So tell them about it.
0: All right, the Enhanced Sports Show, Saturdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. The number to call is 512-543-4662. That number again, 512-543-4662. You know we're going to be discussing the NFL and NBA, I mean the NHL and NBA playoffs. Uh, we got a few uh, notes from uh, the World College of Pro Football. Um, of course, also the U.S. Open uh, Golf Championships. Uh, Euro soccer. I got some Olympic news. So it's going to be a very interesting show. And, of course, uh, being at this time of the year, is also so to dads and grads. And I want to wish you uh, fathers out there a very happy Father's Day on Sunday at that. So if you got time between tomorrow, 5 and 7, uh this time, in this uh, time zone, give a call, please. I, I really appreciate it.
2: That sounds great, Lou. Thank you. And me being a dad, I really appreciate the Father's Day wishes. You know, definitely 5 to 7 Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. And his phone number again is 512-543-4662. 512-543-4662. Support Lou and his and show in the Hans sports show. And it's always, always a pleasure to have Lou on our show. I missed you last week. I'm sorry. I was in New York and we didn't, we couldn't, I tried it. It pained me to not <laughs> be able to do the show. It really did. But my travel, I was traveling back from New York and it just got too chaotic.
0: I right. unfortunately
2: had to cancel the show and I apologize about that. I missed you.
0: Well, I couldn't uh, make it last week anyway. By the time I got on uh, other other duties, uh, was I think a little bit late anyway. So, uh, really, no harm, no foul. <laughs> all, uh, right.
2: <laughs> all right, I appreciate that because I was really bummed about cancer So, I I hate with a capital H to cancel our show for any reason.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: so, I appreciate you looking out again. for us,
0: though. Well, I'm glad you came back.
2: I'm glad to be back. I really am. I'm glad to have you on the show and always appreciate you and Aaron, you guys are.
0: Just now I don't know about July 3rd. That might be a uh, July 2nd. That might be a tough call.
2: That's all right. That's all right. We appreciate you letting us know that in advance.
0: All
2: right. You're always right, a pleasure so we'll to have see you. Me, Lou. you soon. All right. We'll sounds see you fantastic. You the man. Thank you. Thank you for calling Lou.
1: All right, so sweet Lou back on the line with us here tonight. Uh, Our uh, frequent caller and guest uh, here on the show. Definitely appreciate having him on. So, uh, again, thank you to Lou for taking time out of his night to call in here to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio podcast. Moving right along here, um, you know, the NHL playoffs going on. The question is, can the Lightning win against the Islanders? And I would say that's a definitive yes. I know this has been a back-and-forth series. Uh, where do you think things are right now in that series there between those two two uh, organizations? It,
2: you know, I love the fact that that Tampa Bay won game three, and they up now Tampa Bay 2-1 to one for the last time I checked. But I hate the fact that they lost the first game of any series. You know, you don't want to kind of lose the first game, but they made up and they won two straight. I think the Islanders are a very good team but I do think Tampa Bay will, will win the series, but it will be a tougher series than people thought it probably would be. What are your thoughts on the Islanders?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I, I think they're giving the lightning a big challenge. I think that the fact of the matter is, is Tampa has more of a track record. I think that's really going to be their, their uh, saving grace, if you will. Yeah. It's bad that they lost the first game, but here's the thing, you know, first game of the series doesn't determine the winner. you got to win four games. And so the fact that Tampa's won the last two in a row, that certainly puts them in a driver's seat here. And let's face it, you know, they have the momentum really on their side right now. So I, I think that Tampa probably wins this in five, maybe in six games. We'll see how things go. But I, I do think Tampa's in the driver's seat. But I do think the Islanders are going to give them a, a run for their money, at least make it a challenge here in the next uh, two, potentially three games.
2: So you got Tampa Bay winning a tough series. How about repeating and bringing home the – keeping the Stanley Cup. I should say, keeping the Stanley Cup in Tampa.
1: Well, you know, Tampa's been a a really great hockey team, really, for the last four, five, six years. I think going back to 15 or 16, um, they've been right there, right right a contender. Um, Obviously, they won the Stanley Cup this past year in a bizarre, you know, COVID-shortened. You know, picked up seasons, so it was kind of like the NBA where they paused for, you know, three or four months, and then came back and had the playoffs, which lasted for what seemed like another eternity. Um, but for them, I think the the important thing is is they're not letting. And I think hockey is one of the hardest sports to play, just with your moving so much and the physical agility you have to have to be able to play the sport to be able to come back after winning you know, late last year, right before the season kicked off again, and, you know, have a chance to be right in the driver's seat again is certainly very remarkable because, look, I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if there's a pandemic going on or not. It's hard to be good one time, but to be good consecutively and consistently, there's something to appreciate about that. So, uh, but I do think the experience does matter, and I think in this case the Lightning, given that they've been a – building team i mean they've had some really great runs the last like you know like I said, four or five years they, they've got that experience factor on their side and that's going to be the thing that's going to play a key role for them they've been there they've done it they know what to do so unless they just get outplayed or outcoached i don't see why they're not going to repeat as uh, stanley cup champions here again in 2021
2: yeah man you you're very confident that the <laughs> tampa bay is going to close us out i mean I agree. I think they're going to they're gonna go ahead and, and close out the Islanders. It's going to uh, – you know, I hope I'm wrong, but it does seem like it's going to be a harder series than what people thought it was going to be. The Islanders are a very good team, and they're giving them a run for their money. Even the game, game three was a close game. It was not a – it was very, very close. But Tampa held on. The experience, you know, it's, it's just being that little bit better makes the difference in winning a championship or not. And, boy – it would really be a huge, mega statement for them to come back and defend the title in a regular full season, no COVID. I mean, COVID is still out there, people. People. I don't want to say no COVID, but no stoppages because of COVID, I should say. Yeah, and yeah. the team has is, is been playing pretty much full capacity. So for them to come back and do what they're supposed to do is amazing. And for them to hold on to it and get that cup, boy, that would be something pewed for Tampa. And that's what LeBron needed to do because now it looks bad on him because of the fact that you – I do think it was a tough for him to get a ring. And a ring is a ring is a ring. But it's not a good look when you get a ring and then the very next year in a regular full season, you lose in the first round. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Try again next year, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think it's unfair that LeBron has that comparison with Jordan, but it's hard to compete against Jordan. I, I think LeBron's gonna be a great player when it's all said and done in his own right. But he I don't know if he's gonna be able to surpass Jordan. I, I just find it is just is that's a tall task, and and losing the first round of the playoffs. I know LeBron's going to be stronger and better next year, but I just think some of the side stuff to to your point hurts him and his legacy to to get to Jordan.
1: Yeah, and, and again, I've I, I've made this point several times, whether it's on the air or just in conversation with other individuals who like to make those comparisons. I don't think there's any comparison in terms of their legacy. And it's not fair to do that anyways because we're talking about two guys who are playing in totally different eras. I'd uh, be one thing if we were talking about Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, guys who played in the same era, both won Super Bowl titles, and yeah, one won several more than the other did. But we're talking about two guys that I I believe Jordan still was playing with the Wizards in LeBron's rookie year. I believe that was his last year with the Wizards, if I'm not mistaken. So these guys, and I don't know for sure, they may have never even played against each other on the NBA court before. I don't think they did. That's going back 18 years to when LeBron first came into the league. Um, My thought on it is every single way you can compare the two players – there's not a in my opinion at least there's not a direct correlation to them as far as saying he's a carbon copy if i'm being honest and i'm not the biggest nba analyst there is i'm not as uh you know proficient in basketball speak as i was when i was a lot younger but if there was a player pair more to michael jordan that played after jordan i would say it was kobe bryant i mean kobe bryant's talent was right there kobe bryant you know played his entire career in la yeah jordan played a couple of years at the end with the wizards and that kind of it's still kind of silly to look back and see him in a different uniform than the bulls um but if you're talking about the talent level kobe bryant was i mean i remember when he came out of high school and they were talking about him as this next great thing, and he was exactly what he was expected to be. I think for LeBron, I think where he really can do himself a big favor, and I, I think he kind of is in quicksand right now. The more he seems to move and, and struggle around, the deeper he gets. Unfortunately, I think that what he could really do to help himself out, again, I said this at the top of the show, is just you know let your ego go and whether you win another title or not in your career, you've won a title with three different franchises. You brought a a championship to Cleveland, a a city that needed one for a long time. Hasn't had one up until five years ago, six years ago. Hadn't had a championship in any sport in 70 some years. So I I think that, you know, his legacy, it's going to look different than Jordan's did. Jordan did it for the most part with the same team, the same coach. had a lot of talent around him. Jordan didn't have to chase championships. He he brought the players to him that helped him win a championship, and he had a great coach in Phil Jackson. LeBron had to go get a championship somewhere else, and then he was able to bring that back to Cleveland for that couple of years. He was back there, and then he went mm-hmm. out and got it in L.A. So his legacy is going to look a lot different. He's going to have a good legacy, don't get me wrong. But again, it's like me comparing Joe Montana, who won four Super Bowls, to Terry Bradshaw, who won four Super Bowls. They both played for great teams. They didn't lose the Super Bowl in those years they were there. But Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw aren't the same quarterback. I would argue that Joe Montana was a lot better player than Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw was probably benefited by the great Steeler defense of the 70s. So it's it's really hard to compare two different eras of bay, uh, of of any sport for that matter but basketball it's just so hard to do and and personalities are different lebron is a much bigger guy than michael jordan um probably to some degree more athletic let's not forget that michael jordan you know was cut in high school when he was a freshman (laughs) and you know he used that to his advantage as a way to motivate himself to be better and end up going to north carolina and of course he gets picked third in the draft, and was eighty-two, and you know, obviously the rest is history. So, um, it, all I'm really saying here is it's hard to make a comparison between those two guys. I get why people do it, but I just wish the people who would do it had seen Michael Jordan play in his prime because I don't think they did. I really don't. I think it's really hard to 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 you see somebody who's twenty years old and they're saying, "Oh, LeBron's a much better player than Jordan." I guarantee that person never saw Jordan play a day in their life. Guarantee it yeah you're absolutely right and, and and to your point you made some great points
2: listen lebron james is a great great basketball he is on is when his career is over he will be on that mount rushmore he will be one of the greatest players to play this game now being one of the greatest is different than being the greatest yeah. so they're always going to be comparison but if you're in a in a, the ballpark of Jordan, you know what? You've accomplished a lot. And I agree with you to help out LeBron James legacy. I respect. And I said it before in the show that he wants to talk about social justice issues. He wants to build a school, which he did for the kids in Ohio. That's phenomenal. And I, I, I can't commend him enough, but when it comes to, these type of issues that you kind of make which i would call crybaby type issues you have you you're a superstar and you're not you're not a person who's like you said cut out the ego you're not a person who you know you don't know that your words matter you know your words matter anytime you make a press conference you make a statement a tweet people are listening so when you talk about injuries in the N- in nba during the playoffs how it's unfair you know you're making it about you and not about the guys that are playing. Yes, some of the players are not there. Kyrie, some of the superstars got hurt. But there's enough great players on the team, on the, on the league now, that are playing. And, yeah, yeah, maybe not your favorite all-stars playing, but there's enough all-stars that are still playing for you to, hey, you know, let me give my opinion in the offseason. You're not a rookie to this. You know that yeah. you're making it about you. Talking about it during the playoffs.
1: Well, and the and that's other thing the, too, an ego move. The, the other thing too is this: uh, you know, if you want to be, and I don't know, I don't know if LeBron wants to be a, a, the next Jordan or wants to be, you know, I don't know if that's ever been his desire or not. I, I think it's probably more media and fan uh, driven than anything else. But I don't recall in any of the years that I watched Michael Jordan play, and I had the privilege, and I know you did too, of watching. I mean, I remember the first year they they finally got over the hump in '91 against the Lakers. You know, they ran into Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons in the late '80s and the early '90s, and they, that was just the team they couldn't get over the hump with. So when they finally won in '91, in 30 years ago, hard to believe it's been that long ago now. When they finally won in 1991, obviously it was the culmination of just a, a uh, Jordan could have retired at that point. I think he would have been probably happy, but he obviously had the hunger to come back and play again. But I do not recall in any of his years where they lost or even in games that they lost, you know, in the finals, I don't recall Michael Jordan ever making excuses. And the one thing that I appreciate, and you and I both have a friend that always talked about this. I'm not going to say his name on the air, but he always talked about how Michael Jordan was the first to show up and the last to leave. And I don't know if LeBron has that same leadership ethic in him necessarily. I don't know that a whole lot about him on the court as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. But I think those are the qualities that are different between these two guys. And, and that's not the thing that LeBron is wrong for not having those things. But I do believe that, you know, the making excuses about injuries and things like that, it just shows that they're two different people. And I, I think that's just – a difference in their styles and their personalities.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And Jordan, he would, he, he was a professional and I would have to give him credit for that. He never made excuses. I do think Jordan, I wish he didn't complain quite as much to the rest, but I think LeBron takes it to the extreme. That's what I think. I think LeBron is a fantastic player, but I don't, I don't know about him surpassing Jordan. I just think that I wish he would have not said anything about the injuries, and just kept his mouth shut about it, because the the NBA clapped back at him and said, basically, it is what it is, you know. Yep. And a nice way of saying, shut your trap, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that's that's and and I and that's to be expected because you should have just kept your mouth shut about it, you know. Yes, you. I can understand you have an opinion about it, but those are things you keep to yourself. You don't go to social media about it. Keep it to yourself. At least keep it to yourself to the off season. Don't do it during the playoffs. But LeBron James – It gives a
1: lot of uh, – I was going to say, it gives a lot of opportunity, though, because, look, as, as many people out there love LeBron – there's a lot of haters of LeBron too. And I think when you when you make those kind of comments that he's made, whether they're in jest or whether they're in just a reactionary anger, it gives a lot of fuel to the people who do not like him. And rightfully so. I mean, if you're going to complain about things that are beyond your control, you're going to get a lot of, you know, gonna get the late night talk show hosts making fun of you you're gonna have people on
2: yeah TVS
1: going you under the bus um to me you know bad press is bad press and i think when you add to that if you're just sitting there fueling that fire all it's going to do is it's going to be a it's going to be like playing ping pong you're going to be hit, be hit back and forth back and forth and it's just going to grow to an unreasonable amount of, of anger. And for him, I mean, I don't know if that's what he's going to use as a, as a uh, way to catapult himself back to playing for through a full season and having a chance to, to win again in, in 2021 or in tw- you know the 2021, 2022 season. But let's look at the fact here that he's at the end of his career. I mean, we talked about this a few minutes ago. He might only have, maybe two or three years left. This is not a guy who's going to be playing into his 40s. If he is, he's not going to be playing at the high level that he's been at these last few years. And I, I don't see him as being one of these guys who wants the end of his legacy to be, I should have retired a year early because I looked really bad out there. He doesn't want to be, you know, that kind of player. Guys, no, I agree. Know, and, and, you know, you look at somebody like Shaq, for instance, and – I tell you what, of all the NBA players other than maybe Charles Barkley, I think Shaq is the guy that I'd like to hang out with the most. I just find him such an interesting person. But um, yeah, you, know, <laughs> you, you think about – you get to the late your, your late 30s, and your body starts to give you signs and, and tell you things if you're paying attention – I can't do this every day. I can't continue to play. I can't continue to, you know, not everybody's Tom Brady. Not everybody's, you know, um, you know, Derek Jeter, where they can play until they're 40 years old or into their 40s. I mean, Tom Brady's 43, 44 now. So those are anomalies out there. And LeBron's had some, some, I think, knee injuries over the years. So let's be honest here. One or two more, maybe three more years, and he might be done. So, I think he really needs to to give himself a better uh, atmosphere and environment so that he can focus on, you know, what I want to ride into the sunset and go out on top. I want to, you know, do what John Elway and and uh, you know and and uh, Peyton Manning did. I want to leave on my own terms, and I also want to leave holding the trophy. And I think if he puts himself in a better position where there's not so much negativity, I think that's going to help him out. So as much of a – and I've been critical of LeBron James for a long time uh, for a number of reasons. I'm giving him advice on, hey, here's how you're going to help yourself, and hopefully he'll he'll catch on to that. Um, but, uh, you know, again, his talent and his team that he's on and the Lakers just having the financial flexibility they have, they should be back again next year and have no problems at all.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with a lot of points you made. You know – when you get older and an athlete, you got to understand that, hey, my time is coming. And this year and the last couple of years really kind of showed to LeBron that. The fact that he didn't have to travel the year before. Yes, you stayed in a bubble, but that actually helped LeBron. For one, you didn't have to travel your body didn't have to get up, get, you know, go to get on a plane, get on a bus, and travel to a city. I, I traveled, to, <laughs> I traveled to New York, to Miami, and I'm telling you, the body knows that you've been traveling. <laughs> it's, it's fun, but it's you know, you got you, your body knows that you've been traveling. It wears on your body. The fact that LeBron had a shortened season, less games, helped him at his age. And the fact that he didn't have to travel helped him. So the way he should look at it is like this. Yeah, it sucks that I lost in the first round of the playoffs. It really sucks. I didn't want to lose. But the flip side is I will get more rest. And he should use his time to rest up. He shouldn't the he should use his time to watch the playoffs and keep his opinion to himself and rest up because you're right. I see LeBron playing two more years, possibly a third, and that's it. Yep. That's what I look at. Remember, he was injured this year, high ankle sprain, and he was actually out a lot longer than he usually would be for an exactly. injury. Yeah. So those are signs there. So I, I think you're getting two years out of LeBron – possibly three and i and i'm really saying the possibly three you know but I mean, he has
1: to stay healthy those other two years if he if he if he has any you know major injuries in these next two seasons i think a third is probably unlikely um if he stays relatively healthy it's kind of like where tom brady's at right now you know a major injury right now to tom brady probably ends his career um which is why tampa was wise to to um you know, limit his time in training camp and limit his time in – In uh, certainly they'll limit his time during the preseason. And then to draft a quarterback that has the chance to really be the future of that team. So it's kind of that same principle. I think uh, another high ankle sprain or, you know, knee injury to LeBron probably is going to be the, uh, the, the end for him, unfortunately, um, because it's going to be harder for his body to recover – you know, if he's that much older than he was a few years ago. So, um, but no, I wish him the best of luck. I I think he's, you know, as much as I am critical of him, he's a fantastic player. There's no question about his talent level. And again, guys want to play with guys that are excellent like that. I mean, look, that's the thing I would would definitely compare him to with Jordan. You look at Jordan, especially in that second peak. you know, they brought in Dennis Rodman. you know, Tony Kukoc, I mean, look at all the players that were there in that second three-peat that the Bulls did. And that was part of the reason is they knew – look, let's be honest here. If Michael Jordan hadn't come out of retirement that first time, the three-peat, the second time doesn't happen first and foremost. And a lot of those players who came through Chicago in that second three-peat never would have played for the Bulls. So it's kind of that same thing. And I know that the money and the, the league structure is a lot different in today's game than it was 25 years ago, but if there is a comparison between Jordan and LeBron, it's that guys want to play with guys who win, and if you're on a team that has LeBron James on it, you have a chance to win just in that alone. Absolutely. So I, I that's, think, that's... You know, and look at the players that, you know, over the years, Jordan great teammates you had uh, Scottie Pippen obviously that entire run um, you go back to the early days of Horace Grant B.J. Armstrong uh, John Paxson um, and then you look at where LeBron was you know he didn't have a whole lot around him the first to go around in Cleveland it was kind of a mix of guys and then he went down to Miami with uh, with Dwayne Wade they rode the wind down there he comes back Cleveland, they're a much better and stronger team and then he of course goes out to to Los Angeles. Um and obviously he's had a lot of great players around him too, but he is the you know, he is the main show just like Jordan was the main show in Chicago and again if there's a comparison it's that LeBron and Jordan were kind of the glue or the main attraction holding everything together.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the great thing about LeBron. And LeBron is – if LeBron's listening, I know that Aaron's been critical, and I've been critical too. But you know what? On a positive note, a lot of players want to play with LeBron James. He's a phenomenal basketball player. He's going to be – in my my eyes, he's already on that Mount Rushmore of one of the five greatest players. He's going to have a different legacy than LeBron – than Jordan – but it will be a fantastic legacy. I commend him on his social justice that he speaks out on. He's really trying to make a difference in a positive way. And whether you love him or loathe him, you've got to respect the guy who's using his platform in a, in a positive way, not, you know, the complaining. I don't like, I don't, I don't go for excuses and I don't go for complaining. So those things, I, you know, I wish he would hold those back. But the social justice issues I commend him. The school that he built is phenomenal. And if LeBron James wants to talk about anything on this show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show, we're more than willing to,
1: to have him as a guest on our show. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we'll open any time here, so
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> And uh one guy do you that you wanna to add tonight?
2: Oh yeah, there's a couple things. Um with golf, I did want to mention that uh kind of like LeBron James, Bryson Chambo, he gets a lot of haters and he's not doing too well in the US Open. You know, but he won the US Open last year. He was last year's champ. This year he's struggling. Golf is one of those type of events that is just like basketball. You can you you're a great player, but it doesn't mean that you're gonna be shooting lights out every game. Same thing in golf. You can have a bad game of golf, and I just I just don't get why people hate on Bryson so much, just because he could drive a ball so far. If that's one bad thing about golf is that so many people could play it, and I think it gets it gets into an ego competition, where okay this guy could drive better than me, he could hit a ball further than me, so I'm gonna hate on him, for no other reason than that because he could play golf better than me and a lot of ego that I've noticed involved in golf. And I just want to give Bryson DeChambeau some, you know, some positive vibes that, you know what, keep your head up. He did look very frustrated. I watched, it, they watched him yesterday in, in the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open. He looked very, very, extremely frustrated. I just want to tell Bryson, you know what, keep your head up. Keep doing what you're doing. don't let the haters get to you. you won you won the u s open before it might be a stretch for you to win it this this year because you know with you being so far back, but do your best these last next few days and make the most of it don't don't worry about the haters yeah
1: you gotta ignore all that extra you know stuff i mean honestly. I think as an athlete, and I guarantee you this, if you talk to, you know, top players in any sport, whether that's somebody who's been in the league for five or ten years or longer, they're going to tell you, unless it's a guy they know is going to talk good about them, they're not going to listen to any of the outside stuff. They're going to ignore that stuff completely because that's just going to just drag you down. So whether you're playing golf, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever, those are the things you have to kind of ignore in order to, Honestly, just keep a clean head and keep a keep a clean perspective. Because once you once you succumb to the media, and you know, trying to correct them if you feel like they're wrong, or trying to interject, you're you can also lose fans at the same time. So, I think those are all things that are certainly very very important. And I, you know, obviously we know a lot of guys that had some some uh, bouts with the uh, media over the years. Barry Bonds is a good example of that. Um, You know, he didn't have a very good relationship with the media. There's been other guys in that realm as well. Bobby Knight with uh, uh, Indiana uh, Indiana Hoosiers, rather, in basketball uh, college. You know, he always had his, uh, you know, quirky things. He would yell to the reporters after the game. So I think it really comes down to finding a happy medium. And I think, again, especially with today's – social media and everybody has the opportunity to make a comment, you just have to block all that stuff out because otherwise it's really going to probably going to impact your game more than anything else would. Exactly. And, um,
2: you know, Bryson, uh, you know, just keep your head up. Another thing is, you know, with that drama with Brooks, just I would say dial that thing down. You don't need extra drama. You having a spat with someone else, that doesn't help you on the golf course so just ignore it don't need to fuel that anymore keep doing what you're doing keep working hard keep keep working hard at your short game and you're gonna you're gonna win some more championships believe me and you we would love to have bryson DeChambeau on our show too i was saying a golfer and i just think he gets a bad rap because he could drive the ball so far i would love to see a 300 and 40, 50 foot drive myself in person just to see how that looks. You know see yeah. i would <laughs> I would love to see that. That's one thing I would love to see and see how that looks in person, a shot that goes that far. Yeah. That's unreal.
1: Yeah. Well, as we uh, get ready to wrap up our uh, episode here tonight, I know you had some stuff there. You're in Miami. Uh, the whole reason yep. you're there uh, here tonight is you're covering – the uh event there with the signature punch training uh there in Miami. Tell us a little bit about what's going on down there in South Florida tonight.
2: Yeah, it's it's been a outstanding so far. I've been here Thursday, Thursday and Friday. been outstanding signature punch training center having a fight. I was here for the media press conference, which was amazing. Uh there's a lot of things that happened. You know, uh we have everybody's been very cordial, very, very nice the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio show, everybody. And Harold, the King Calderon, who's in the main event, you know, he, he noticed that we were there, that I was there at the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio show. And I, I have to mention this on the air that, you know, he came over and shook my hand and, and said, you know, I appreciate you, you being here. And that meant a lot to me because I know that he had to hear about our show and see that I was following him and on social media and I had missed him a couple of times. And I know that, uh, Gary, who's the CEO of signature punch, had to get in his ear and tell him who I was. That's how, that's how I took it, that he knew who I was and knew who we were before I met him. And that's pretty neat. he said, yeah. hey, don't worry, that he appreciated me being there. And that meant a lot to me. And, uh, you know, he took a picture with me, this is right after he came off the stage on, the, on the, uh, the press conference. He walked right over to me, and he said that, and he shook my hand. And so I got to give Harold, the King Calderon, a lot of props for that. It meant a lot to us to and our show. So, you know, sometimes when, <laughs> when you try to get interviews, you try to get people at a show, you kind of get punched in the face like you're in a fight, but <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you could kind of persevere and somebody recognize who you are and to approach you like that, a professional boxer who you haven't met, that, that meant a lot to me. It really did. And it means a lot to the Allen and our sports Radio show. That And speaking of Harold, the King Calderon, I anticipate he's going to win against Giovanni Barraza. And in the women, uh, Melissa Parker, I took a picture with her. You can check our Facebook page. She's a real, real nice lady. I got a chance to speak to her off camera too, not, not, not just on camera. And I predict her to win as well. Melissa Parker, she already liked uh, my, my comment on, on Instagram. So you instantly make friends and friends there. When you come out to these events, I think she's going to win as well. And I, Jayvon Garnett, I think uh, he's also going to win. He's going to win the featherweight title. So tomorrow should be a big night on Signature Punch Boxing. You can watch it on pay-per-view. The fights start at 5.30. And you could go to Signature Punch TV or SignaturePunchTickets.com to check out at the events. And I just want to you know, give Gary Lewis and, and definitely the entire Joe but- Butler GLH Media, who's also been uh, doing the production of the fight, a lot of props. You know, they they, uh, they know the Allen & Aaron Sports Radio so Show. They know me, and they want to make sure that I have a good time, and I really appreciate that. You know, and that all comes down to this. I said on the show when I had, had interviewed Miss Rodriguez here on the show, on air, that the next time they have a fight, I will be there because I missed the first fight they had, the first big title fight, which was here in Miami, too. I, I said on the air that I will be here. I'm a man of my word, and that's why I'm here. And that's what I want people to, to understand Like that if you remember anything, remember this thing, and I'm going to share with you, Aaron, and everybody who's listening, that man is only as good as his word. And that's Absolutely. something. Yeah. yeah. It's only as good as his word. If you say you're going to do something, be a man and just go ahead and do it. Even if it's inconvenient at the time of you doing it, like you might have the right intention, to say it right then and there, but the time comes around and it's inconvenient for you, always remember that you gave your word and do it and do it with, try to make the best of it. And you'll be surprised that people will appreciate it. And that's one of the big lessons that I'm learning from this weekend that by me keeping my word, Harold Calderon recognized me and approached me and and he said you know I appreciate you being here
1: definitely cool to hear that and a great event that you're at down there in Miami you get a chance to go down to a fun part of Florida and hang out and obviously see some really cool stuff and meet some really terrific and great people there in the world of uh, of boxing of course so enjoy your time I know uh, you've done some Traveling and earned some uh, frequent flyer miles here these last couple of weeks. It certainly, <laughs> certainly is uh, a lot of fun and uh, cool to again uh, be able to post the pictures and and you know obviously again meet those uh, those neat people there in uh, in South Florida. So definitely enjoy that event there tomorrow. Alan, it's been a great show here tonight for uh, June eighteenth, two thousand twenty-one. Want to thank our listeners here for tuning in. If you missed any part of our show here tonight, uh, again we had our frequent guest Lou, uh, from New York. He was on right at the top of the show tonight. You can listen back to our show on iHeartRadio. Just simply search under the, uh, the title Alan and Aaron sports talk podcast, where you can also listen as we put a link onto our Facebook page and you can listen to any of our prior shows there as well. So for Alan, this is Aaron signing off here tonight. Everyone have a great weekend and happy father's day to all the dads out there.
2: Happy Father's Day! That's right. Right
1: back at you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody All have right. It. Have a great night, everybody.
2: Yes, indeed.
0: Thank you for listening to the Alan and Sports Podcast. <laughs> Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.